Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we discuss entertainment media, namely movies, movies, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. Got there, Fat Matt. <laughs> wow. I just straight up forgot the intro. Good stuff. Matt, what should people do? Uh, like, subscribe, and check out our Instagram highlights. Uh, we, we highlight things on Instagram. It's good yep. stuff. Uh, you got fan engagement stuff. We'll do little quizzes and polls. We'll ask haven't for... done one in a while. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, our, our social media team has been buried at work. So it's been a little, yeah, a little tougher shit getting done. Um, yep. but yeah, but we'll, uh, we, we post some interesting stuff there. Yeah. Cute little picture of Preston in a toga. Yeah. It was very delightful. It's my mom's favorite picture. Oh, it's adorable. That's uh, the, the toga is actually her shirt or her, uh, her shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you look closely, I'm holding my dad's uh, lens cap, like camera lens cap. And I've got my binky and like my binky binky that I ever called it. Bin- I think I called it a passy when I was a kid. My passy is the same color as the as the toga, mm-hmm. both of which are the same color as our color scheme for this season. So like it all just it's so great. It's just, yeah. Such a great picture. Beautiful. Yep uh matt what you're up to i had stuff i'm blanking on it this is great <laughs> pressure this is such a great episode so far uh let's see well i watched um i watched three movies in preparation for this episode yep. we're uh we're going to be talking about modern interpretations of classical mythic heroes and i think it's going to end up being a little bit compare contrasty with some superhero bleed over okay but we'll really focus a lot on these mythological heroes um so i watched uh gods of egypt the legend of hercules Hercules, the Disney cartoon, which I've seen before and I, yeah. I love, um, and Clash of the Titans, the 2010 one. Wait, you said you saw three movies. I forgot about the Disney Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to okay. count. <laughs> so Gods of, Gods of Egypt is like bad, isn't it? Oh, really bad. I have some. Uh... <laughs> so this is the one that, this one came out uh, a few years ago, um, 2016, I believe. Yeah. It uh, it stars uh, Nicolaj Coster Waldo. That's right. It does. Um, Nicolaj. As, as Horus. Uh, the god of Egypt. Yep. Um, and uh, a god of Egypt. One of the gods of Egypt. <laughs> there are quite a few. Uh, Gerard yes. Butler plays Set. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Chadwick Boseman somehow got roped into doing Toth. Huh. <laughs> um, it. <laughs> I just I have some notes I made when watching oh, the no. movie in no particular order. Um, so Brenton Thwaites, uh, Robin from um, oh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the the Titans Titans show. show. That's right, the live action one. Um, he's in it as just a, a human thief um, okay. who kind of befriends and or forms a shaky alliance with Horus, and then they go on some adventures. Some shenanigans. Some shenanigans ensue. Uh, in no particular order, Nicolaj Costerwaldo tucks Brendan Thwaites under his arm and sprints like a champ. A snake catches a, <laughs> a snake catches itself on fire so hard it explodes after being seduced. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, seduced? Seduced. Jesus. It's much less sexual than I've made it out to sound. <laughs> There's horrible CGI. Uh, there's a which ding- I have seen. I've seen clips uh, yeah, of the movie. There's, there's some that's fine, but there's quite a bit that's yeah not. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a scene where a couple of dangerous enemies show up at the same time. One of them disappears for like 30 seconds of screen time so the hero can fight one of them one on one. Oh, it's uh, like when you're fighting like <laughs> like you you can look closely at like movies or in uh, video games is really bad at this enemies attack you one at a time yep it's like ah it's so nice for the other eight of you to wait your turn because if you if if three of you attack me at the same time i'm dead yeah (laughs) and it's not even like waiting its turn like they show angles that would have revealed it's a very large monstrous enemy and it's just 
not god. there. It's a big flat <laughs> space. It's just, it's not there. Oh my god. Um, oh my god of Egypt. The acting is mostly terrible. The dialogue's really terrible. And that's just one particular action scene. All those points I've listed are from the same scene. Oh my god. <laughs> also, sassy Black Panther looks at Electra's butt and contemplates a lettuce. <laughs> contemplates what? A lettuce. A lettuce? A lettuce. Like? A head of lettuce. <laughs> contemplates it like looking is at this, or examining is, is not... this movie like booze and booze worthy oh this would be a great one it's we'll have to keep this in yeah. mind for it's it whatever booze and booze develops into jeffrey rush sp- fights a space whale <laughs> <laughs> is it a leviathan no oh isn't a live is leviathan coming comes does does a leviathan come from egyptian uh mythology i don't think so because it's it, uh it's biblical right book of job I, so maybe it is maybe it's greek well that would be pre-greek if it because it's old Testament. i guess that's true i don't know i know nothing <laughs> this is true um there's a, a red space beam at the end not a blue space <gasps> beam Ooh, subverting expectations you know, gotta great. mix those colors up yep um there's a scene where brenton thwaites and nicolaj costerwaldo need to get to the top of a very tall building um nicolaj costerwaldo decides to climb outside the building you're saying climb- nicolaj on purpose right yes okay <laughs> <laughs> is, for people who were confused and it's actually it's nikolai nicolaj nicolaj <laughs> he decides to hop out and climb out up the outside of the building while brenton thwaites takes the perfectly good ancient egyptian elevator up the middle <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah can you write a review about this i kind of want to how much more of this is there two words hardcore smogging S- like smog smogging smog yeah uh, like so you know the opening of battle of the five armies where, where he's smog, like like slowly, slowly yeah. makes his way yeah there's a scene where the the two heroes are dangling off the edge of this very tall building and the and enemy is like he's right above them and monologuing. he is all powerful and he's not even monologuing Oh, he's like he's got a, a massive weapon. Instead of just like walking over and stabbing him in the hand, he stabs the thing into the top of the building and causes lava to pour down around them. Ugh. it's just like it's the worst thing. I this isn't am I going to be my watch it up to, but I recently watched Incredibles again, mm-hmm. which is such a good commentary on superhero tropes yeah like they make fun of monologuing like twice yep they're like it's the two of the it's uh uh mr incredible and frozone sitting in the car talking about it and he's like and he starts monologuing and they're like what is what is with like these people that (laughs) monologuing they go on about about how like i got this giant plan and blah 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 and i was like that's such a great scene like i haven't seen incredibles in years Mm -hmm. like properly so this was great uh and then later when he's when mr incredible's fighting uh um syndrome syndrome and syndrome starts monologuing and then mr incredible goes in for an attack and he's like you sly whatever he said i was a bastard but like dog you sly dog you got me monologuing and it's just like i love that (laughs) it's great because especially like now that i'm back reading comics again actively like there's so much monologuing like like it the it bothers me so much when it's just like ah in the middle of one punch you manage to get out five sentences like mm-hmm. not only is the timing always like questionable yeah but also like stop monologuing and punch the shit out of each other please so i guess the question is do villains punch really slowly or talk really quickly <laughs> both all right fair <laughs> enough 
I have no monologue prepared. I was going to try to do a bit, but I had no, <laughs> no, way, of, no right. way of doing anything. Anyway, Gods of Egypt. Terrible movie. Wholeheartedly recommend. <laughs> it's, real, it's, it's really just, it goes balls to the wall. It's just, they're having way too much fun making a bad, big schlock is it kind of like uh like the um sharknado thing where they know it's gonna be bad i don't know if they know it's gonna be bad they know it's gonna be interesting okay i don't think they i think they meant it to be good (laughs) well that's a bummer but there's there's just so much wacky stuff yeah um do you know if it follows any semblance of actual mythological stories or is it just, hey, we have these characters, let's put them at each other in a arena? There's some stuff that's sort of loosely tied into some things okay. of Egyptian mythology. There's like the uh, the scale that weighs you when you go to the, the doors mm. of death. Yep. Um, some, some stuff like that. Okay. Um, yeah. Not great, but a lot of fun. Um, Legend of Hercules is just really terrible. I don't want to talk about it too much, but mm. basically it's, um, it's from 2014. Uh, it's... Um, basically just a gladiator ripoff with like a little bit of 300 and then they randomly throw in the battle of helm's deep at one point (laughs) well that sounds like sounds amazing yeah i mean those are those are three good good things yeah you just put like three fantastic things together and it's 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 the dwayne johnson one right no oh dwayne johnson one i haven't seen the dwayne johnson one but i imagine it's significantly better than this one oh okay I don't think I've ever seen a movie with a $70 million budget that I didn't recognize a single actor. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the money got spent on. Then. Yeah. Like, it's it's not bad looking. There's uh, the Neon Lion shows up at one point and it's just really terrible CGI, but... Did you look any look back into any like behind the scenes stuff? Like maybe they did I think, reshoots. I think they spent a lot on um, cinematography and the fights are actually pretty good. Okay. The action, like... It's badly written, yeah. but it's it's cool. There's there's one scene where there's like a group of soldiers and they get ambushed in kind of a pass. Um, and they're doing like the 300 sort of the formations and stuff. And it's it's tactically kind of cool, but like they're getting overwhelmed and they're getting picked off one yeah. by one. And it's kind of cool to see them adapting to different odds. That's about all the movie has going for it. Mainly what I'm curious about is, uh, so Andrew's on a set right now that it was it's an indie movie that was originally shot. They're doing reshoots right now. Mm-hmm. Principal photography, it starred... Uh, Ashley Tisdale. Oh. But okay. she couldn't come back for reshoots because she's pregnant. Oh. So they're having to reshoot all of her scenes. So I'm curious if there was anything mm. like that where maybe they did have some names that you knew, mm-hmm. but they didn't come back maybe because it was like, oh, this is bad and I Could don't want to be in it. And so they had to reshoot. So it's now all no names who may, like, you know, no names would totally jump at the opportunity to be in a movie that, like, some named person was in. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, like, they obviously have studio backing to be able to do that so i'll i'll come in and do that and that might be i'm curious if that could have no i have no experience with that uh but that maybe could have been a possibility or something in that vein i don't know could be yeah avoid that one it is just (laughs) it is a a morose slog of a movie what a what a sentence yeah no no redeeming character moments bad writing all through gotcha not not interesting bummer um disney hercules is great i've talked about it before yeah good stuff um clash of the titans is not bad it's kind of wacky yeah um i've seen that one that one's i thought it was kind of like fun yeah like it it kind of knows what it's going to be and it takes itself a little seriously and yeah i don't know if sam worthington's like career panned out the way they thought it was going to when they cast him in that movie in 2010 but it's you know it's kind of fun yeah 
It's also I, got a ridiculously stacked cast. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, okay, so I was like, okay, Liam Neeson and Ray Fiennes are yep. Zeus and Hades. That's pretty cool. Sam Worthington, I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, the the fisherman dad is Pete Postlethwaite, who's like a he's a character actor who's been in some mm-hmm. stuff. Usual Suspects, Jurassic Park Two. He's mm-hmm. the dad in Inception. Um, and the mom was uh, one of the main characters on Downton Abbey. And I'm like, all right, yeah, look at this. I'm recognizing some people. Yeah. This is where all the people from Legend of Hercules went. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, uh, Perseus goes to court and uh, Alexa Davalos, who's the main girl in Man in the High Castle, is the oh, princess. Yeah. And Mads Mikkelsen is there. Ah! And I'm like, all right, okay, this is really filling <laughs> out. This is good. And then he goes over to this army contingent and uh, Liam Cunningham's there. And oh Rory McCann is there. And Nicholas Holt is there. <laughs> jesus keep coming yeah it was yeah so it's kind of fun just like every 15 oh hey i know him yeah i know her look at them they're having fun it's nice it's a blast yeah kind of a mess but you know it's all right yeah less fun than gods of egypt but it's a better movie okay anything else that's it all right uh, I've been back to reading comics since I finished Mistborn. Good lad. Uh, and now I get to catch up on all the comics that I have purchased and wanted to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, flashing back to last week, I learned that Brandon Sanderson, the guy who wrote Mistborn, is kind of one of the uh, the the leaders on writing magic in in fiction. Like apparently hmm. there are like there's like the three rules of writing magic in fiction, and he kind of wrote them. Like he you can. Like okay. him saying them. Uh, I can't remember them. I should have gone back to watch the video again explaining that. But like, and it makes a lot of sense, uh, especially even like if you go back to my the last episode and hear what I was saying about how the magic worked in it, mm-hmm. it felt good. Like it felt real and it felt it didn't feel like there was any uh, just deus ex machina shit with magic that yeah. kind of goes wrong. Like, just, you know, the rules of the magic yep. and it slowly like introduces elements of the magic as it goes we're like oh like there's this tiny little element of this allomancy that like that oh it makes sense why that does that mm-hmm. uh, but it's a little bit more advanced so like we didn't know about it until now okay um i like that and it just like it it may and in the the video was contrasting so the video is actually breaking down a, a scene from avatar the last airbender the, mm-hmm. sh- the show uh and how it followed those rules okay. um and uh one of the things is that it, it contrasts it to harry potter mm-hmm. where there's just like these unlimited number of spells but pretty much everyone always sticks to vada Kedavra and uh expelliarmus mm-hmm. because you don't want to try to explain to people what all these like you don't want these you know the 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 battle in uh at the ministry like all these people saying these dozens of different spells and you don't know what's going on. So you mm-hmm. just stick with like stupefy Expelliarmus and Avada Kedavra. Right. Like the bad guys say Avada Kedavra. You can, I don't know, make a blue beam with, <laughs> with Expelliarmus and make people's wands go flying. Or you can like, I guess, I don't know, stupefy someone, like knock them out or whatever it does. Yeah, but it's just, spell. yeah, it's just, it doesn't, I don't know how the books are. It's, I'm assuming it's a little bit better in the books, but it's. Yeah, they, they do a lot more. Well, somewhat more creativity it's usually just like oh there's some situation that could only be rectified by one particular action happening hey hermione you know this spell right and she does whatever spell gets him out of it gotcha um but yeah no so uh, i 
that was just something. So since I finished Miss Morning, I've been reading comics and I've been uh, I'm reading a lot of Batman comics. That's what I'm catching up on right now. Comic books. So I've been reading a lot. And there's two things that I want to really dwell on. And I'm going to try to like, I know a lot of the people that listen don't read comics a whole lot. So I'm going to try to speak to it narratively rather than comic book superhero Okay. Um. So the first one is like Batman, just the proper Batman comic. And mm-hmm. it's like, it goes through, he fights the Joker in Death of the Family where Joker, mm-hmm. like his goal is that he wants to eliminate everyone all of batman's side friends because he feels that batman is weaker now because he's got all the support Mm -hmm. so that's kind of his goal batman beats him as he does um the thing about joker is that he's just like this maniacal laughing everything's kind of a joke to him all the time um joker comes back about like a year later after being defeated in death of the family Mm -hmm. he says haha maybe one time like the whole Mm. thing is that he has snapped He's like, I'm so done with this shit. Like, I'm going to kill you. I'm done with this. Like, it's over. Like, it is not a joke anymore. Like, he's done. And, like, he doesn't laugh. And he's straight up, like, in in Death of the Family, there's this whole thing where, like, uh, Bruce Wayne goes into the Joker, into the prison with the Joker, holds Mm -hmm. up a card that he found. And he's like, I found this. And Joker just, like, doesn't acknowledge. So, Batman, there's this whole thing where, oh, Joker doesn't care who Batman is. He just... Or who Batman? It just cares about Batman. It's the mm-hmm. Batman thing, right? Joker straight up calls him Bruce in this thing. Like he's done with the facade, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying, honestly. <laughs> like because the whole thing of that appeals to Joker, if you've watched, watched the movies that have Joker in it, is mm-hmm. that he's just chaotic and like everything is for amusement and like yeah, he's having fun. Yeah, and you don't know what it is, but like when when Joker snaps and just is done, and he's like, "Listen, Bruce," and I'm like, "Oh my god, he knows everyone. He knows who everyone is." Yeah. He just like he's done with this and like and it <laughs> it was horrifying and like it it reminded me of the uh, they had announced that or they revealed like oh there's actually three jokers mm-hmm. and that comic had come out and I looked up like reviews on it. it's like should I actually go get that because it's really interesting that there are three jokers not just one mm-hmm. and it's just like nah you don't really need to uh it's super disappointing how the like the reveal at the end turns out it's if spoilers if you care about it I don't think anyone really cares uh, there's not actually three Jokers. There's an actual Joker who then converted two people to be Jokerish and was like in charge of them. So they're not that's, actually Joker. That's the dumbest thing. It was. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was disappointed to read that. I literally read synopses of the books. Mm. Just if if Fair it's enough. a book I don't care about, then I'll do that. Um, yeah. But no, it was it was genuinely such a riveting story to read. Like just mm-hmm. the Joker is just he's done. Like he's so pissed and will just cool go crazy and um. It was like it, it, it was the same Joker mm-hmm. who just snapped, like snapped again. Um, and then snapped like that guy's knee in uh, Birds of Prey or Harley Quinn broke it one way and then and broke, broke it back, it back the yeah. other way. <laughs> um, so the thing that happened in between, so basically there was this huge storyline running called Endgame or uh, sorry, no, um, Batman Eternal, which you had read Yay. and I read, and we talked about it ex- extensively. While that was going on, they did what's called Zero Year, which is the year before year one. Mm-hmm. And they went really heavily influenced by... Influenced? I put the accent to the wrong syllable. <laughs> um, really heavily in- influenced by year one, but it's like his first year doing it. And mm-hmm. they actually tell the story of the Red Hood, which is the Joker, like... 
origin story that he claims to have and yeah. that actually tells the full story of that mm-hmm. and it's really cool because like you get this new aspect of it um and then after that happens then it's when the riddler first pops up it's kind of this first thing where like the red hood gang is just this gang of people who rob stores but they all wear these like red hoods mm-hmm. or red masks and so it's just normal people but then the batman shows up all gimmick and dressed up and it attracts the riddler who uh, now does this gimmick and cuts power to the entire city and it's now like this and like used uh pamela isley's chem- compounds to just grow plants in the city so it's just this overgrown city really cool story um and it also explores that batman uh, like the the absurdity of the batman is what attracted the gimmicky supervillains and i love that element of like and especially with the yeah. with him showing uh, showing us the story of him kicking red hood in mm-hmm. to the acid is batman's the one who caused the joker now the joker's the one causing batman it's like that loop that we've talked about extensively yeah, we in, talked past about in our uh, joker review right exactly go check that out yeah um self-plug nailed it yeah there goes the subtlety (laughs) uh no it's just it's just really good it's scott snyder all the way through he's got his story that he's telling and you can see the thought the 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 thoughts the threads the plot threads that's Mm -hmm. what i what i was trying to say yep uh from the beginning leading into the end game thing Mm -hmm. um the other one so that's one i didn't i ended up sticking more comic booky also real quick it's not skyder I don't know why that amuses me. <laughs> um, so if you like reading comics, or if I you, don't. If you're good, I if only you, do it out of a sense of obligation to this stupid podcast. Right, I know. That's why we keep doing it, so I can torture you to continue reading comics. Yep. Now, uh, if you ever want to read like a good Batman story, like that, that run is really good. Like just Scott Snyder's run on mm-hmm. um, Batman is really really good. Cool. Uh, the other one is Batman and Robin. That run. Uh, uh by james tinney in the third the fourth uh can't remember uh where robin dies oh gets straight up stabby stabbed so uh, why is it called batman and robin then so well so it's like batman and robin for like the first three volumes mm. but at the end of the third volume is coincides with another story where is where he is killed uh-huh the first issue of the next volume following his death made me actually cry Wow. Like it's like it was it's Batman kind of snapping and just like going to like it's I can't even describe it. It's like it's just little like one page moments of him like sitting in a place and like imagining Robin next to him and then looking to the right and he's not there. And bear in mind, Robin is his literal blood son at that point. Uh-huh. Like, so it's his actual son that he died. Mm-hmm. And for people who might be li- who have listened before or who know me personally know that I yep. have a huge thing with dads and sons. Like, yep. they make me break. Yep. Uh, and so, like, <laughs> it was just that the whole time. And, like, by the end of it, it's like he uh, he's standing by uh, Robin's locker and then, like, screams and like punches the shit out of the locker and like all the stuff falls out and mm-hmm. robin's dog titus is sitting there like like sad looking at him and then like the last page is just batman holding the robin outfit crying like on the ground and i'm like it's like kind of making me cheer up a little or like choke up a little bit just like really messed with me and then i kept reading and then the following five issues were him uh going through the you know the stages of depression mm-hmm. or stages of coping uh each coinciding with one of the one of the team members so naturally rage like 
anger. Mm-hmm. He went with Red Hood, who shoots people and kills people. Makes sense. Uh, so he's like, I need to get anger out. Mm-hmm. Who best one to to like <laughs> accept that than <laughs> Jason Todd? Yep. Um, and then I got to the end and I looked at the back. I read like the synopsis in the back and it was like, collects volumes like 16 through 25 or whatever, including the like the critically acclaimed silent issue. And I'm like, silent issue. And I went back. That first issue has no words in it. It's all pictures and made me cry. That is good storytelling. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it, 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 it got me That's so impressive. much. It is like that, that put James Tinian and, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. The guy who, who drew it, uh, like brought them way up into like tier two writing for me. Well, all right. Because you were, they were able to pull that off. Um, also they're just good. Like all their stories have mm-hmm. been good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're tier t- they're up there with Scott Snyder for me now. Um, so good stuff. Cool. Yeah. I can't wait to get through all of my other ba- uh, Batman comics so that I can read, uh, Gideon Falls. I have all the issues of Gideon Falls now. It's falling into giddiness over here. Over Gideon Falls. Oh, that's what I've been up to. We're at 30 right. minutes. Also, just very briefly, I forgot about this. Uh, Hannah and I went and got a pizza last night. Um, and, uh, on the TV in the pizza shop, uh, was Justice League was playing for some reason. Oh, so we cut about five minutes of the start of the third act when they're like first going into red Russian red place desolation yeah. place, and um, Hannah was just like, "This doesn't look good." No, it doesn't. It's really, it's, <laughs> it's really not, not great. It's no, yeah. You know what is going to be great though? Zack Snyder's Justice League coming soon to HBO Max. Speaking of Zack Snyder. Speaking of Zack Snyder. We're just getting another just gimmicky zombie movie? Yep. Why? The zombie fat has kind of fade. Faded. Well, he he kind of cut his teeth making zombie movies. He did the Dawn of the Dead remake. That's he did do that, yeah. Which was supposed to be pretty good. I haven't so seen it. So it is what is it? The uh Age of the Dead? Army of the Army Dead. Army of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, so it's a movie. A trailer came out. Teaser. We're in news now. Oh, teaser. We're, We're talking about news. Uh, yeah. So zombie, zombie movie, zombie apocalypse set in Las Vegas. Yeah. So very colorful, mm-hmm. starring good old Dave Five Minutes Batista. Yep. But he ends up being in this one for more than five minutes. It's probably going to be bad then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just I don't know. It just it looks like another zombie movie. There's going to be some really obvious themes about consumer culture and oh, Vegas yeah. and stuff and yep. zombies playing slots or something. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. I feel like it's going to, it's going to kind of go back to the sucker punch kind of style. Okay. He's leaving behind his like darker stuff. Cause I think maybe like he's been told by society that his darker stuff is not fantastic. I don't know. Um, I mean, a lot of society does tell them it's fantastic. They like Batman versus Superman. It's dark that is and it the has wrong society. Themes, but that is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know. It just looks. I mean, it looks like it doesn't know if it wants to be a gritty army people going through a zombie apocalypse or like, um, like Birds of Prey, colorful like. Right. It, it looks like it doesn't know what it wants to do. Or like Edgar Wright style. It kind of yeah. has like an Edgar Wright like air to it whenever it's the goofy stuff involving all the Las Vegas stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be a tonal clash. Could be. Could well be. Because also Dave Batiste is not like when he's funny, he's a very low key funny. 
mm-hmm. see Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, but other, also, he's just a serious guy, like, yeah. serious and brooding guy, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Um, it's I think it's nice to see Zack Snyder actually taking on an original property for the first time. Yeah, since Sucker Punch. Yeah. I guess. Um, and Sucker Punch wasn't fantastic, was it? I haven't seen it. Um, I've heard it's really bad. I've heard it's kind of underrated. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know where to land on that. I should probably see it at some point. Yeah. Maybe um, we'll do a whole Zack Snyder episode. Yeah. Do a spotlight on him and why he sucks. Sometimes. Why he's sometimes great and sometimes sucks. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm intrigued. Just yeah. let him do some creative stuff and... I think at worst it'll be some wacky fun. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably not see it in the theaters. No. I mean, it's Netflix movie. Oh, yeah, it is. So. We'll probably see it. Probably see it at some point. Yep. Eventually. So that's Army of the Dead. Um, In better and more promising news, uh, what's it called? Luca. Luca. Next Pixar movie. Yeah. H2O sequel. Yeah. (laughs) But Italian instead of Australian. Is it Italians? Yeah. Why did I think they were? They talk in Italian accents and they eat the pasta. I guess they were, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I got, totally I got a more, I got a more Spanish vibe from it for some reason. I think it's just because like they're romantic languages, so they're very similar. Oh, I was confused. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, no, that looks like it's two kids that are secretly, I guess, mermen. Sort of, yeah. It's an interesting interpretation because there's like a tail, but they still got legs. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Like I, I, I like the. I mean the. H2O does that, like where oh, yeah. you get splashed by water and you turn into so that'll be yeah. That's why that's why I said that. But I don't know. It looks fun. It's a teaser, so we don't know a whole lot right. about the plot. But yeah. I uh well I have a grand theory of Pixar that I think this one's gonna be good. Um Pixar movies either fall into two categories. It's Oh, can I say it? Yes. It is either real world with fantastical elements or fantastical element with or fantastical world with real elements. Yes. Yay! I remember that because I like that theory. Yeah. It's a great theory. It's There's not, a couple exceptions, but it's not like perfect, but it works pretty well. Yeah. So um, for example, like Toy Story is kind of like the real world, just an element, like a corner that we don't see. Yeah. There's a hidden, hidden underworld almost yeah. within, or within world within our, yep. our real world that operates under real worlds. Coco's fantastic. Uh, yep. Soul is just another level. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, all these any movie that's just like kind of like the real world with like a little fantastic element yeah like because finding nemo is another corner that we don't see it's it is kind of the real world yeah finding nemo is um yeah it is it is technically the real world it's it's kind of the one that's sort of the bridge between the two almost yeah because it is basically just the fish in their world um i think cars is the biggest exception to that rule cars is the biggest exception and cars is not great but mm-hmm. it's it's probably the best fantastical world with real world elements. Yeah. And it was also, I think, the first Pixar movie that people weren't like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, it was probably And then the Good first Dinosaur movie. happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still haven't seen it. Probably won't. It's not, not great. There's yeah. some interesting stuff in it. But, but it's not great. Cars 2 is not, not good. good. Cars 3 is not great. Um brave is probably the exception to the theory in the other direction gotcha it's not good not great. but it's a real world with fantastic yeah. elements so luca luca looks really fun um yep. i feel like the teaser did a really good job of like i at the end of it i was like that was a really good teaser like you get to know the characters and you're like oh this is like fun you kind of get mm-hmm. to know the world and then suddenly mer people and you're like oh and then it's over and you're like what is this i really want to know more <laughs> yeah it's so intriguing I'm good teased. good i am i am teased i am also teased yep 
So those are two that are uh, happening at some point. Yeah. We'll uh, talk about them more. Yeah. Next. We should probably. Next news yeah, episode. We should probably get release dates in there. Yeah. Uh, I think Army of the Dead is like mid-May. Luca is June 18th this year. Army of the Dead release date is May 21st, 2021. So. Okay. Those are coming right up. We'll probably we'll probably do predictions for those ones in our next news update. Yep, that we will. Yeah. Sounds like sounds like a good time. Yeah. All right. All right. I forgot about one other news item. Uh oh. Spider Man has a title. Yes it does. Spider Man No, no Way, Way Home. Home. That's uh Theory. What's your theory? I have a theory, but I need to wait till the end of WandaVision and I have I'm one episode behind you, so like I don't want to say anything and just be horribly wrong and you laugh at me. I will not laugh at you because you have not seen an episode. So That's I will. True. Let's I'm let's let's hear what your theory is. My theory is the end of WandaVision. We'll see Wanda expanding the hex around the entire world and sends everyone plummeting through some sort of strange multiverse. And then it's Spider-Man going through this weird multiverse, meeting up with alternate versions of himself, and then um, having to find his way back home. But there is no way home, and then the universe is just fragmented. Okay, might be crazy. Who knows? <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. I uh, I don't know. I I just I think that uh, whatever happens at the end of WandaVision, because so here's the thing. This is the first time that I've ever se- I've seen the, the most recent episode, and Matt hasn't. You're which is hilarious. Yep. Uh, season episode eight really starts tying things together. Okay. Hard. Like it's like oh, so many questions are now answered. There's still some questions, but like. Mm-hmm. There are so many questions answered, Good. Uh, which which is to be ex- expected based on the reveal at the end of the previous episode. Yep. Um, Who's been messing around? All right. Uh, <laughs> I've been learning how to play that on the piano. It's uh, I because it's supposed to. This is supposed to tie in with Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I don't think that WandaVision is going to affect Spider-Man. Okay. I think that there is... I think that the home, per se, is not particularly location-based. Mm. It's more of, like... Maybe it is home location-based. Because the thing is, the big ending to the last one was that Spider-Man was outed. True. Um, so I think it's going to be, like, no way back to normalcy in some way, where, like, things just start going haywire for mm-hmm. him. Like, maybe it's just, like... It's a combination of, oh, God, everyone knows who I am. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, like, my, my Aunt May is now a threat. We have to, like, leave and, like, he tries, maybe hide. He, maybe he tries to pull a Rick and Morty and drop into an alternate dimension where he can exist. And it's similar enough that they can call it, like, a home, but no one knows who maybe? he is. Because then that would explain why he's meeting different versions of villains and potentially other versions of themselves well my theory on that is that it's not going to be a multiverse thing i think it's just going to be um it's just going to be them again but it's not like oh i fought you but you look different i Mm -hmm. think it's just going to be like like i i think it's disney just like getting fan like Uh, yeah it could be fan service which uh, the great good fan service like i'm Mm -hmm. fine with it as long as they're not like haha nudge nudge wink wink that's them it's just like oh it's just the actors of Mm -hmm. characters that we I mean, Electro was terrible in the that movie, but we like him, so yeah. But having that, um, yeah, I mean, that's I, I think it's just gonna be something like that. Um, I also have another news that I forgot about. Oh, 
Uh, if we don't have anything else to say about Spider-Man. I don't. Uh, we're pretty confident that Charlie Cox is coming back as Mac Mur- Matt Murdock. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of news surrounding him um, coming in Secret of- Secret Invasion. Um, mm. Either that or maybe Spider-Man. There's mm-hmm. like, there's more rumors about him with Secret Invasion because mm-hmm. uh, we've even seen that like possibly his like suit is being redesigned mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. But uh typically when it's this many rumors mm-hmm. all around the same thing it's good news something about smoke and fires yeah exactly so we might get matt murdoch back uh charlie cox matt murdoch get a little uh ccmm dd ccmmmdd ccmmmdd imdb <laughs> well yeah no so that's that's one news that i saw yep anything else that's what I got. All right. That's all I got that cool. I want to talk about. All right. <laughs> Gage, I saw your news that you sent me. I I don't feel like approaching that topic right now. <laughs> we'll save it. We'll yeah. save it. It'll be relevant. Uh, Matt. Preston. What are we talking about? I, ta- I already told you. We we're talking about some some terrible movies. Are we? Well, also some other stuff, but yeah. mostly. So we're this is the third episode in our four-part episode series. Episode number three. On the, the growth of the superhero as a, an icon of popular culture, starting yes. from their origins in mythology and the mythological hero, moving through more literary prototypes of the, yep. the modern superhero. And today, the big selling point, the big main part of the topic is going to be modern interpretations of those mythic heroes. Yes. Uh, how, how did... How did we get here and how has that through line existed? Yep. And I think we're probably going to have to end up comparing and contrasting with some superheroes a little bit. Okay. For a reason that we're going to get to in just a second, because I'm going to throw some numbers at you. Oh, boy. Troy, 2004. Heard of it? Yes. Brad Pitt. Yep. Stabbed some people. Haven't seen it. He kills Achilles. No. Yes. No. Achilles. It is Achilles. Achilles. He is Achilles. And he he kills a guy at the the beginning Mm -hmm. in like a cool little like scene where he's just like, ha ha. And then also like... There's like the one scene where the guy's like running at him and he's just like dust slit throat and then it's over. Pretty sure that's that movie. Nice. Great scene. Sounds like the sort of thing that would be in something like that. Yep. IMDb 7.3 Metacritic 56, 54% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 73% on its rating. All right. Budget of 175 million, worldwide gross of 497 million. Okay. And so to put it in context for people in general, mm-hmm. that's about average for a audience score. And yeah. about average for like a, a blockbuster for medic score or Metacritic score. Yeah. It's at 175 million. Yeah. That's a little under the budget of something like maybe Avengers one. Yeah. This is also 2004. So yeah. 175 million was a pretty hefty, budget a pretty good, back then. pretty good one. Pretty good. Budget. Um, good rule of thumb for evaluating budget to audience gross uh, to worldwide gross ratio is the, the, written budget the actual nominal number that they say is about half of what it actually costs yep. to make a movie when marketing. you factor in marketing and distribution costs yes. so on a budget of 175 million you need to take in about 350 million to break even yep 497 million you're breaking even yeah you made it's, you made a little bit of profit all right yeah it's good win pretty solid all right clash of the titans 2010 imdb so six years later Six years later, IMDb 5.8, Metacritic 39, 27% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 40% audience rating. That's pretty rough. Here's the budget numbers. 125 million budget, worldwide gross of 493 million. Okay, so still made a profit. Yeah. Still Still bad, but still made a profit. Yep. Um, Just as a good frame of reference, I think the average movie on IMDb is rated about a 6.7 or a 6.8. Yeah. It's around the 7 range. 69. Nice. Nice. 
Uh, Wrath of the Titans, the sequel to the critically panned Clash of the Titans from 2010. Yep. IMDb, 5.7, Metacritic, 37, 26% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 49% audience. Was that marginally better than the last one? Marginally worse. Marginally worse. All of the numbers are worse, except the audience percentage on Rotten Tomatoes is significantly higher. Okay. Man, Rotten Tomatoes is weird. <laughs> yeah, for people, just for context, I um, didn't want to include it in this list, but I felt like I had to. The way Rotten Tomatoes score works is it is the percent of people that rated the movie above seven percent, like seven out of ten, or seventy seventy out of a hundred. Mm-hmm. So that's what the Rotten Tomatoes. So like, so what was the number? Forty nine percent. So forty nine percent of people rated the movie seven or more. It's a really bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, metric because let's say in a weird extreme example everyone decides it's a solid six yep suddenly zero percent on rotten tomatoes yeah not cat not not a good statistic no i hate I, that metric yeah i like imdb rating and metacritic and i think that's yep. a, a usually those are the good way to judge yes. it um immortals 2011 you heard of this one 2011 the immortals immortals vaguely i think maybe it's uh r-rated henry cavill led um sort of a loose very loose story of theseus kind of thing okay i don't think there's a minotaur i didn't watch it yeah don't think there's a minotaur or anything it's just more of a sword and sandals war movie kind of gotcha um imdb 6.0 metacritic 46 46 percent critic rating on rotten tomatoes 48 percent audience i forgot to do the budget numbers for wrath of titans i'll yes. come back to that in a second uh budget for immortals 50 uh 75 million worldwide gross 226 million say those again sorry 75 million budget okay worldwide gross 226 million wow made money yeah not bad for an r-rated movie considering the ratio and how like low budget that was low budget well it's it's an r-rated movie so they're going to throw less uh, money that's into true. it. they're expecting to get less out of it that's right going back to wrath of the titans budget of 150 million dollars only grossed 301 worldwide who profit yeah <laughs> sort of <laughs> percy jackson and the olympians colon the lightning thief 2010 yep that is the full title not the 2010 part imdb <laughs> The, the movie has the parentheses 2010 uh the only movie that should have had that was greenland which should have been called 2012 to 2021 yep but it 2021 right 2012 to 2021 parentheses 2021 that would have been the best thing yep percy jackson uh imdb 5.9 metacritic 47 49 critic rating on rotten tomatoes 53 percent audience rating uh, had a budget of $95 million, made a worldwide gross of $226 million. Ooh, just barely. Yep. Uh, Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters. Notice they dropped the and the Olympians. Don't know why. Because too long? I guess. Because <laughs> that was what was wrong with the first movie. <laughs> IMDb, 5.8. Metacritic, 39. Ooh. 42% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 55% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's about what I expected, honestly. Yeah. Budget of $90 million. Worldwide gross of $199 million. Still made a profit. Still made a profit. Not, not much. En- not enough for them to make the third movie. Right. <laughs> uh, taking a step back in the little time machine here. Hercules, 1997. Disney animated classic. IMDb, 7.3. Metacritic, 74. 80, wow. 84% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 76% audience rating. Nice. Uh, budget of $85 million, worldwide gross of $252 million. Not bad Good for profit. an animated flick. Yeah. yeah. Hercules 2014, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne? Dwayne. 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 
IMDb 6.0, Metacritic 47, 58% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 48% audience rating. Budget of $100 million, worldwide gross of $244 million. Still made a profit. Yep. Why are none of these losing money? The Legend of Hercules, 2014, IMDb 4.2, Metacritic 22. Ooh! 5% 5% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my god. <laughs> 33% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That is a, that's bad. Budget of $70 million. Worldwide gross of, you want to guess? Oh god. Uh, I want to say 55 million. 61. Oh my god. <laughs> it literally didn't even make its just preliminary production budget back. Lost money on paper. That just is bad. bad. <laughs> All right. Got two more. Gods of Egypt, 2016, IMDb 5.7, Metacritic 25, 50, 15% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 37% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Not great. Budget of $140 million, worldwide gross of $150 million. Oh, main profit on paper. So that's not going to get it's it done. doing it. No. Ooh. Uh, let's end it on a high note. Moana, 2016. Oh. IMDb 7.6. Another one starring Durain the Rock Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) IMDb 7.6, Metacritic 81, 95% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% audience rating. Budget of, we don't actually know the definitive number. It's somewhere in the $150 million, $170 million range, but they haven't actually listed the number. Hmm. At least not on any of the usual places that I know where I'd find it. Yeah. Um, worldwide gross of $643 million. That made money. There it is. That made a lot of money. That's the success. Had to end on a high note. That was Pixar. <laughs> Setting that... No, it wasn't Pixar. Well, that's not Pixar. That's just Disney. Mm. Setting that aside, notice anything about that list? <sighs> well, I, I, aside from my initial observation that they all just kind of barely eked by. Yeah. They w- made a little bit of money. Yeah. Maybe enough to get a sequel in some of the cases. Uh, can you run through the... Uh, do you, Can you... Do, so this is my statistics brain. This is this is where my forte comes in. Cool. Uh, can you run through by chance the years and then also how much profit it made, like vaguely, or like mm-hmm. just ballpark the profit? Okay. Uh, Hercules from 1997 was the Disney um, that made about 80 million dollars profit. Okay. Um, Troy 2004 uh, made about 150 million dollar profit um clash of the titans 2010 uh made about 250 million dollars profit um let's see immortals 2011 uh made about 75 million dollar profit um wrath of the titans 2012 made about a 1 million dollar profit <laughs> okay so let me ask you this real quick uh instead of like going through mm-hmm. is there a trend of them making less profit over time um, it pro- the trend line probably does point down, especially if you take Moana out of it, yeah. but do start with Hercules 1997. Yeah. Um, Clash of the Titans did make a significant amount of money. Right. Um, but it also was, had a stacked cast, so they had star power. Yeah, they had star power. They had big, exciting action. They had um, mostly good enough special effects to pull it off. The Medusa's yeah. a little iffy. Yeah. Because, like, my... I'm curious. So it started in 1999. So it's already competing with actual superhero movies. Right. Um, Especially. So what's the movie that came out in 2010? Uh, Clash of the Titans was 2010. Also, also Percy Jackson. Okay. Well, yeah. So Percy Jackson just got shafted by Clash of Titans and Dark Knight. Dark Knight was 2008. God, I never remember. 
I don't know. I, without seeing numbers, it's kind of hard for me to see patterns and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I'm There's, kind of I'm yeah. kind of balancing on that line where it was competing with the yeah. superhero thing. Like they were trying to like go with the superhero genre, mm-hmm. but like in their own way. Yeah. There's not yeah. There's not an obvious pattern here where you can say that they were just pushed out by superhero movies necessarily. Yeah. I, I think that's probably a contributing cause. Right. One thing I do notice. Most of these have below average ratings on everything, mm-hmm. audience and critic. As you pointed out, they didn't make a lot of money. Yeah. There are a few that made a, a decent chunk of change. There's none of these that are really big break the bank kind of blockbusters. Right. None of these are even none of these broke five hundred million dollars, except Moana, but that's different. Yeah. I think we can kind of pull the Disney Hercules and Moana out of the way because they're Disney animated movies and they kind of yeah. just know what they're doing and they're gonna have a market anyway. Yeah. So we can set those aside. The rest of these, Troy Clash and Wrath of the Titans, Immortals, Percy Jackson, Percy Jackson, uh, Dwayne Hercules, The Legend of Hercules, Gods of Egypt. This is just a bunch of below average movies that didn't make much money. Yeah. And I'm not cherry picking this list. This, this is, is a comprehensive list. Of this these is movies a, that came a out. fairly comprehensive list of modern movies starring mythological heroes. Yeah. Why haven't they been able to do it right? Why haven't they done it right? I think so. Here's here's the thing that is uh, it's among our realm of people who are nerds about comics and watching these superhero movies. Okay, is that they often do either completely original stories with characters we know, mm-hmm. or they very loosely base on an existing story if they can. Mm-hmm. Batman so, versus Superman is Dark Knight Returns plus Death of Superman equals awesome plus Wonder Woman plus also. Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman existing in it. Uh but mainly like what I'm thinking of is like Iron Man is a completely original story. Iron Man 2 is a pretty completely original story. But then you get like Winter Soldier's based on a run mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. Civil War is based on an actual story but like tweaked a lot. Very Same with loosely. Infinity War is very yeah. loosely. Stuff like that. Like the big events are based on stories, but mostly it's original ideas. Yeah. And I think something that might contribute to that uh, I'm curious in these, like the ones with the with the ancient heroes, mm-hmm. is that no one cares about those characters. Oh snap! Like uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> like too. It's really hard. There's a lot of facets to it. So like Iron Man, the only reason MCU, like you could have said in 2005 that no one cares about superhero movies. Like the X-Men movies kind of got some stuff because it was just cool action stuff. But like overall, they didn't. Spider-Man 1 and 2 were pretty great. They were good. Yeah. Um, I think what got Iron Man in is because it had star power and it was also just genuinely really good. And they built from there. Yeah. Uh, But these are characters that people just kind of vaguely know mm-hmm. and like you can either tell a story from mythology and it's like weird because it yeah because they're so fantastical you have to spend so much money on effects to just like make mm-hmm. like the river sticks a thing like yeah. like all that and they're also i mean you think about these mythological stories these are oral tradition accumulations right of Ideas that and just sensibilities, the images, metaphors yeah. that were part of a culture that's three thousand years old. Right. And sure, there are some consistencies between their culture back then and ours. There's a reason we still think about these mythological heroes at all. But the stories just feel kind of nonsensical. Yeah. There are some like basic thematic elements, sure, that carry through the hero's journey kind of originates yeah. with some of this mythology stuff. Yeah. But it's written for a different 
these stories are created for different people at a different place, different and time. different medium. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, yeah. it's hard to, I mean, uh, comic books had that problem too. Like how do you mm-hmm. make Batman look good? Mm-hmm. Um, because like, otherwise how do you make like cyborg look good 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. And it's, um, I think it is that it's just that like, it's not, they don't lend themselves to a good story. So you tell an original story mm-hmm. with characters, but then also the characters are so loosely defined. They're like, what's mm-hmm. Percy is actually do. And like the books of Percy Jackson are pretty good, aren't they? They're great. Yeah. So like you can tell a story there, mm-hmm. but it just, it doesn't translate to the screen. And I think that's where it, you suffer a lot. Um, yeah. Like Troy wasn't terrible. No, Troy wasn't terrible. But it also stuck to the less fantastical elements of Achilles. Yeah. It was the war of people and cities. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell the Trojan horse story pretty easily without sure. effects. And yeah. they did. Okay. But why was Legend of Hercules terrible then? Because that one is just entirely real world, except a woman has sex with a lightning bolt and gives birth to Hercules. And he has some super strength sometimes. Except not when the plot needs to have tension. It's a weird movie. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly not a weird movie. It's mostly just a straightforward gladiator ripoff. I don't know. I mean, that could just be like a bad movie. It could, just yeah. Bad writing. I, I think that this is not a, a single answer question. We also have a really small sample size, so we can't say a whole lot about like I'm like mm-hmm. you're sitting at a sample size of what, maybe like eight. Yeah, and you can't say much with that. Uh, yeah. It could just be coincidence that all eight of them are just bad movies. Yeah, no, it has nothing to do with no trend of like this type of movie doesn't work. I mean, you mm-hmm. still you, like we have so many superhero movies at this point at this point that mm-hmm. like there are more than eight bad superhero movies. There are more, but although, there's also like 800 superhero movies. Although let's hop back into the MCU for a second. Two of the worst MCU movies are Thor one and Thor two, which are the most rooted in mythology. Really hope Kaylin doesn't listen to this episode because she's going to despise you. She I loves could, Thor. I could pull the numbers and show that they have the worst <laughs> Metacritic ratings and the worst budget payoffs. She enjoyed them. So I, just don't. I don't think they're bad. I just think that they're <laughs> bottom tier for the MCU. Yeah. And I think that's pretty inarguable. Uh, that, that's actually a really good point that like Thor, an ancient hero, mm-hmm. is a bad movie. Like, like what is that? Like, why, why do ancient heroes being put in newer like in movies just not succeed and i i my main theory is the one that i've already said that like mm-hmm. it's just too fantastical to really capture well right. like because a Thor's an alien world, that has the form of a human that crash landed on earth and was raised by humans and then goes around with his underpants outside of a blue suit and punches people except when there's a green rock in his face so here's then it makes him weak here's the difference though let's compare thor and, and superman all right let's do it superman was raised human showed up as a baby Mm. and was raised human and has human problems he just happens to have powers that he then has to go around and like deal with humans and stuff Mm -hmm. thor is a literal god so half of his time is spent on asgard with other literal gods Mm. so they have god problems and it feels distant like superman like yeah you still you if you do a bad movie and have like two superhuman going five million miles an hour through his buildings and crashing them all down then it's like i don't really feel much yeah man of steel but like 
you get good stories with Superman when it's like him dealing with like the reality of humanity and like you get all star Superman mm-hmm. where he's like and and Superman for all seasons like these mm-hmm. stories in the comics where it's just like it is it, a human like being like with powers yeah. basically and I, I think that's the big difference is that he he was raised human so he has human ideals mm-hmm. Thor was raised a god and he's just like distant like okay. he just doesn't connect with the stuff and you kind of get that throughout all the movies especially one where he's just this entitled brat god with bleach blonde eyebrows yes (laughs) (laughs) um and i think that that's the big difference is just upbringing of the character themselves so get out of here hercules was raised by humans right was he I mean, it depends on the the story, but a lot That's of these Hercules stories, it's like, yeah, he's just yeah. And those like the, the I mean, the Disney one is it plays really hard into him being raised. Yeah, by Yeah, no, it totally follows full hero's journey, and that is a great story. Like that movie's mm-hmm. great, and it's. But I don't. Uh, what did they do with uh, the Hercules movies? Like with the Dwayne Durain, the Rock Johnson, and the other one. So like, I'm going to talk more about the Legend of Hercules because okay. I actually put myself through that. Right. One. Uh, he is son of. Zeus and a mortal woman. Mm-hmm. Woman has sex with a lightning bolt. It's kind of weird. Yep. So um, it's immediately already kind of putting us off that it's just like I'm what? making it out more dramatic than it sounds. Right. It's more like she's lying in bed and then there's a storm and she makes sex noises and then nine months later, still ta-da! weird. <laughs> still kind of weird. <laughs> um, but then he's he's raised human. He's fully human. Doesn't seem to have any superpowers or anything apparently unnatural about him still a terrible movie and i think that one could just be chalked up to it's a terrible movie yeah um clash of the titans though a lot of money and talent went into that one mm-hmm. same basic contour he's the son of a god but he's raised by humble humans and he spends yeah. the first act trying not to be involved with the gods and their problems but he ends up going and dealing with gods and their problems mm-hmm. and superman for the most part like the best superman story oh and again i'm not going to disagree that the worst Superman stories are the ones where he's being a god dealing with god problems. Mm-hmm. Like, we've talked about it before on episodes where, like, I hate the ones where it's just, like, the solution to a Superman problem is just to punch better. Mm-hmm. Like, the best Superman ones are the ones where he's, like, dealing with Lena Long and, like, uh, Lois Lane and, like, mm-hmm. his friends as human friends. Like, so the movies that Superman is a god dealing with god problems are all so bad okay but like one and two superman one and two from the 70s are good movies and they're more of just him being a human you don't see the superman until halfway through the first movie that's true like and i think that's what makes them that's what uh, separates it is that like the better stories are told when it is a human because it's it's people Mm -hmm. connecting with the story okay like you can't connect with thor Mm -hmm. being this whiny bitchy like kid who lost his hammer Mm -hmm. and wants it back like yeah like that is a god and he deserves it and he's been smote from the the heights of asgard and is like and his brother who can do whatever loki can do like is it's 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 a distant thing meanwhile there's iron man who is this arrogant prick human flaw Mm -hmm. being a human and does things that like is kind of human possible, like make yeah. a machine to go do things like, yeah. and then also literally like gets punched in the face hard enough. He's out. That doesn't happen with Thor. No. Like Captain America is like 
they play so heavily into his humanity yeah. that it kind of like negates his like superhumanness because right. he is such a human person, mm-hmm. especially getting the introduction to him being this scrawny little piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think that's it. I think it's just the how much of a reach it is for us to connect with the character, mm-hmm. um, which with Batman, we can still kind of connect. Same with, uh, with Iron Man where he's yeah. a human. Right. Um, and you punch him hard enough. I mean, depending on who's writing and you punch him hard enough, he's out. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> uh, you you punch Batman hard enough. You better hope you knock him out. <laughs> it's like one of those, like, if you're going to take a shot, you better hope you don't miss. Cause I am coming over there. <laughs> As Omar says in the wire, you come at the King, you best not miss. Right. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. I want to, I want to read, um, I want to quote a paragraph. Actually, it's the first paragraph of an essay Um, in the journal Media Psychology by a fellow named William Indyk. What's he doing in there? Get out of there, bud. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. Uh, So I'm going to quote just a a couple of sentences from the the opening paragraph here. As the central figure in the film experience, the hero is the integral archetype in the collective unconscious of American culture. He is at once a collective and personal encounter as each individual in the audience identifies personally with the hero's story while the hero simultaneously embodies the collective hopes and ideals of the culture that creates him. It is this compound phenomena, the personal identification with the collective hero, that makes the hero archetype so psychologically powerful. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, so let's look, let's look at back at, uh, so like last week's episode mm-hmm. tying in that okay. with it. Uh, the thing we we kind of realize is a lot of the super power, like the Superman trope, mm-hmm. a lot of them were bad people. Yeah. Like that's the fear of just like this unbeatable evil. Right. And then the vigilante, mm-hmm. like the mass vigilante are all humans. Like Robin Hood's just really good at shooting things. Yep. Scarlet Pimpernel is just really good at lying. Like it's. Pimpering. Huh? Pimpering. Pimpering? He was not pimping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How do you know? Like, it's uh, stuff like that, where it is the hero, it's someone that we can connect with, and I think that that's something that you get your successful supermen when you play to the humanity. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the problem with the demigods, is that you they don't play to the humanity. They are, like, early on, like before, mm-hmm. there was... So, okay, 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 okay. I'm starting to kind of come up with something. Okay, okay, okay. Hit me, uh, hit so me, hit me. Way back when these demigods were oral stories, mm-hmm. they could connect with the with the cultural psyche, or what was the thing they said? The... Uh, something like that. Uh, the collective hopes and ideals of the culture. Collective hopes them? and ideals. They could connect with those because it wasn't far-fetched that these people exist. Mm-hmm. That it's real, that like you could, you could, you could, you could be the son of a God and you just didn't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you are. Yeah. And like, you could connect with that. And so like, that's why those stories succeeded so far back then. Mm-hmm. But then now we know that that's not going to happen. Like we know that that's not real. Like you right. can, you can have religion, but you're like, I'm not the son of a demigod. Like there's too much science now to disprove that. The earth is round, damn it. Uh, <laughs> say that, but I'm the I'm the god of the the son of Perun, the Slavic god of thunder. You're the god name. of the son of the god. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are the son of a god. I am your god. <laughs> yeah, I beat uh, him in a fist fight when he was eight, and I said, I, 
I'm your god now. <laughs> uh, but now, like, we do, we can't connect with that. Right. So you take these stories like Superman and, like, uh, like Captain America, and you have mm-hmm. to ground them so heavily in humanity in order for us to yeah. connect with it. And but not then you just get... humanity, but a, a modern human society that is recognizable well, to us today. Exactly. And then, so you start telling these stories with, like, Theseus and Hercules and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's these gods that we know we can't be. Mm-hmm. There's just these, like, unreachable things. And also a cult... And also in a a setting that is not familiar to us. Yeah. So it's just this distance from us to them. Again, like I don't like back what I said earlier. Mm-hmm. How hard is it to reach out and connect with that character mm-hmm. with those stories? Damn hard. Like there in no yeah. way am I gonna go sit in the circle of like in the in the pantheon of gods and deal with God problems. Mm-hmm. But like maybe someone will stick with me with steroids and uh Haley Atwell will just like touch my peck. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'll touch you back. <laughs> like the it's it's about the writing of like connecting it with the the, the humanity, and mm-hmm. that's something that that ties in the superhero versus the 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 ancient hero mm-hmm. is is understanding humanity, right? And and where we are. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I do want to push back a little bit. Okay. No. Um, Me. All right. Episode over. Preston wins by default. <laughs> Wait, I win by default. You walked away. That's how you so win an easily? argument, guys. You just don't listen to people who disagree with you. Yeah. Oh, that's American politics. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of human flaws. Right? <laughs> so, so pushback. So pushback. Uh, Clash of the Titans, it does a pretty good job of emphasizing Perseus's humanity throughout. There's a point in the midpoint when Zeus comes down and appears to him and says, Hey, son, come join me on Olympus be a god like you were always meant to be and he's like nah i'm a human <laughs> but class of the titans did kind of well it did it's among the higher of those ones like it's taking out the budget uh, wise budget well oh i guess that's true yeah. uh what was the ratings of it again uh imdb 5.8 which is oh, significantly below average yeah. metacritic 39 which puts it into the okay, red that territory 27 percent critic on rotten tomatoes which is not good. Well, so then let's look at like there's two facets of like the success of a movie. It's mm-hmm. how many people watched it versus how many people enjoyed it. Right. That movie got a lot of people to watch it because maybe it did kind of connect a little bit. It wasn't fantastic, but like I think it's because they threw a lot of money and it had pretty effects and <laughs> that's true. Familiar faces. That is, that that is true. That is valid. Although in fairness, they did the same thing with Gods of Egypt and it didn't do anything. But also, he did ultimately go and be a god with god problems. Not really. Didn't he? Yeah, I haven't he's... seen it forever. Yeah, he, uh, he at the end, um, Zeus is like, have you reconsidered your offer, my son? And he's like, nah. Well, but also, okay, so like back to my point originally is that he is a demigod. He is the son of a god, mm-hmm. which immediately puts this barrier between us and him. Yeah. Well, I guess but it's I, like my it's, it's Superman. Some, yeah, it, it's something where, so I mean, there are two types of sort of the heroic archetype. There's sort of two types of the heroic archetype. There's the human who achieves superhuman feats through determination or will or right. um, mastery of their particular craft, Iron Man building a suit. Right. Or there's the human that has a mythological superhuman origin that is revealed to them when they start their hero's journey. Right. The classic demigod that grew up with human parents. And, yeah. Um, or the Superman that, oh, it turns out he was an alien all along. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, so I think it's with Superman, a lot of the most successful stories are him defending humanity. Yeah. Not dealing with God problems. Like unless people come and unless be, it's like a God, like 
godlike being like Brainiac coming down from the sky and trying to take over. Well, yeah, but he's defending humanity. Right. Like Perseus is defending humanity against the Kraken. Is he? I don't know that story. <laughs> well, that's how the movie goes at any rate. Okay. <laughs> uh, Zeus says, release the Kraken, which I wore my octopus socks today. Oh, my God. <laughs> Soctopus? Soctopus. Um, I don't know. I, I I mean that you you make a really good point that it mm. is like like what dis, what separates Superman from I think it's them. I think it's two pronged. I think part of it is you have to hit um you have to hit both the humanity and the cultural relevance. Right. And so the classical heroes, you can hit the humanity all you want and you can craft a I don't know, relatively compelling hero in Perseus relative to the modern superheroes right. or just pick an average superhero movie he's probably more interesting than thor in the first thor movie yeah he doesn't smash any coffee cups and say another but yeah <laughs> um you know he's, he, you get the humanity element you get some of those themes but you don't get the same cultural relevance right you don't get the same just tone motifs yeah. and stuff you can also have a great movie that is set way in the past and just deals with a different culture and different experiences gladiator something like that where but then that you have to hit the humanity part really hard right and they do you have to just eliminate the fantastical elements yeah you have to it's a you have like a capacity of or like a a a quota yeah that's of the sum of the two that if you can't get cultural reference yeah like you said you need to nail the human thing yeah but if you can kind of like like if you can do both pretty well Mm -hmm then you do a good job. Like with good Superman stories, they kind of do both pretty well. Like Mm -hmm. Superman, half of what he is, more than half of what he is, is just this human reporter dude that's dealing with problems. Yep. But then also he goes and beats the shit out of a building. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, that's an interesting point. Because then you talk about like cultural relevance, like with like Iron Man, he's very human, Mm -hmm. but also like not super culturally relevant because he's just this billionaire that you can't really like, no, but we understand what a modern version of a billionaire That's is. True. We yeah. have a collective. Also, he is just that, that movie is just fantastic. So it does both of them really well. Yeah, I mean, you also <laughs> third point. You have to actually make a good story. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's. I mean, that's something that we can't like. We have to constantly like. Yeah, you have to set that aside. deal with that yeah. problem where like, oh, like, why are these movies bad? Because mm-hmm. it, it just be that they're just badly written stories. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's entirely possible. But I mean, there's, I think that the the two are not inextricable because I think that um, a lot of these end up being bad movies because they don't get the kind of talent attached to them that they need right. to make good movies. Um, it's kind of a self-feeding cycle. These aren't going to be as successful. So Therefore, they don't attract yeah. as much good talent. They don't attract good talent. They don't make good movies. They can't break out of their own cycle. Right. Do you know that Brett Ratner directed the Hercules with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? I did not know that. Yeah. It's true. Kind of explains a lot. Yeah. All right. So I've thought of one follow-up question. Yes. How do you explain Lord of the Rings? I think with those three elements, I think it's just a really good story. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I think there, there's a lot of humanity in it. Um, yeah. I think a lot of, like, especially through the eyes of Frodo, yeah. like the hobbits are essentially the humans. I think we'd call it the hobbitity. Hobbitity. <laughs> um, like, there's so much humanity yeah in all of them even like you know legolas is an elf but also pretty human he's a kid he's a friend he's a friend like it, it like you at aragorn's 
a human. Mm-hmm. He might be 88 or however yeah. old he is, but he's, he's a, a human. He's a human in sort of a mythological framework, but he still deals with human problems. Right. He, he doubts himself. He doubts his own destiny. Yeah. And then especially when it comes down to the context of Rohan and Gondor are mm-hmm. just straight up humans. Yeah. Um, I think that it, it, yeah, I think it, it, it hits well enough with the human problems and mm-hmm. with the fantastic storytelling. Yeah. Um, and, and effects think, yeah. that like the cultural relevance isn't necessary. Yeah. And I think, I think the cultural relevance is there. It's just kind of under the surface. Cause this was written mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. In sort of geologic time. Yeah. Um, it's written in the past 80 years, years hundred yeah. years. Yeah. Um, which means that it's talking about a culture that is, has a lot of similarities to ours. A yeah. lot of the same sensibilities and the same just underlying understanding of the mechanics of the world. Right. Um, and so you can tell a completely fantastical story in there, but it's going to be grounded in the same place in the same time. Roughly. Right. Meanwhile, is, all these yeah. ancient ones are grounded in stories that were written 3000 years ago. So yeah. they have inherent elements that are just foreign to us. Yeah. 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 I like it. All right. Thesisize us. Thesisizing. See what I did there? You did there? that last time too. I did. You did that. You did that on your last episode. Oh, well, <laughs> Hercules, me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Give me a thesis. Thesis. Uh, modern interpretations of mythic heroes are very hard to do right because it turns out that telling a heroic story, you have to connect both with the culture of the audience that's experiencing it. And with the humanity and human themes of, well, humans, yep. I guess. <laughs> good stuff. And, and you also just have to tell a good story. Right. And if you hit those three elements, you're going to do a good job. A lot of these movies and a lot of modern interpretations... Inherently cannot hit two of the three. Have a lot of trouble hitting two of the three. Yep. All right. All right. I like it. I, cool. I like the development. Next week... Next week? Next week, we're talking about super villains. It is a... Yes. Uh, it's kind of a... Uh, an epilogue mm-hmm. to this series. Like this is kind yeah. of the one we ended on, but like, it's like an epilogue of what, wh- where did the supervillain come from? Like, yeah. what, how does the supervillain fit into whole, this whole mm-hmm. thing? Where did it come from? Yeah. Uh, and, it's going to be, yeah, it's gonna be a lot more, uh, broader, mm-hmm. um, kind of basing it on what we've talked about, but it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of, kind of, kind of the unneeded sequel of the series. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but well, uh, we, figure we don't want to talk about superheroes because we talk about superheroes all the time. So what we're going to do, is hold up a mirror to the superheroes by holding the villain up. We're going to say everything we've said in the past three episodes just backwards. And that's how supervillains happened. It's going to be Tenet. We're going to Tenet this. <laughs> <laughs> tenet, 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 Tenet. All right, shall we? Utsalts. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> we shall. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to part three of our four-part series on the rise of superheroes and superherodom in uh, popular culture. Uh, if this is the first time you happen to pick this up and you want to hear parts one and two, I don't know why you would, but you can check that out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and iHeartRadio, and probably other places as well. I don't know. We're, we have podcast places. Um, we're on social media. Instagram's kind of the big place. Mentioned that up top. That's at Just Us Losers Pod. 
Check out our highlights where we get a lot of fan engagement stuff. We'll do little polls. We'll ask questions. We'll post cute pictures of Preston and Natoga. It's delightful. Uh, we're also on Twitter, that same handle, at JustUsLosersPod, where I think we really need to start hyping up this live tweeting of Zack Snus- Zach Snyder's Justice League that you're going to be doing in a couple of weeks here. <laughs> I love that I've totally roped, this, roped you into this, but without any consent on your part. It's great. Uh, we're, I did this with the podcast, with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're on Facebook, where... I don't know. I might write a short Gods of Egypt review because I had a lot of fun watching that stupid, stupid movie. Might want to make fun of it a little more. Might be a good time. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, we're on Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com. I've been saying this the past couple weeks, but uh, if we said anything or everything that was just completely and horribly wrong today and just wildly inaccurate, uh, either historically or sociologically or mathematically or physiologically, then let us know. Send us a five-paragraph essay. That's justusloserspod at gmail.com. We already got one from our first episode on this series. Yep. We didn't get one for our second one. So either the episode was much better or the episode was so bad that no one actually listened all the way through to hear me tell them write a five-paragraph essay. I just hit the pop filter. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, we're on YouTube. If you're listening to this, you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, which is on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio. I don't know why I listed all five of those again, but I did. Uh, we also do shortened video versions on YouTube. It's usually just like a good 15, 20 minute chunk of the, the meatier parts of the discussion. Um, you got a friend who's just kind of interested in the particular topic we're talking about. Send them our video. It's uh, we're, we're, yeah, it's on YouTube. It's, it's a good little condensed version. It's fun stuff. Good stuff. You get to see our stupid, stupid faces. Yeah. The occasional bits of visual humor we throw in. And the gauge throws in. And the gauge throws in. Alright, Yeah. It's good stuff. Appreciate you, Gage. Uh, yeah, so next week, look forward to Super Villains. Preston's going to be driving that one. I'm excited to sit back and let him tell me what he thinks. That's not what's going to happen. Oh. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Bye! 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 <laughs>